Blog Talk Radio. Instagram shout out on Instagram um, if you want to follow him for any like voice recordings or intros or anything he's literally the like genius of all geniuses when it comes to voice and like in anything like that I've heard I've heard many many of his impressions and his abilities with his range of his voice and it is really really incredible so go check him out I will put his info in the description also of the show but I did shout him out again on Instagram. So anyways, welcome back to Ashley On Air. We are doing part two of my story today. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm, my head is kind of spinning right now. I'm, I feel a little bit unprepared. I don't know why. Um, but I, I will say a few things. First of all, I want to acknowledge that I have, I have received a lot, a lot of messages, emails, Instagram messages, text messages from people that I know, uh, people that I don't know, people that I, you know, just people, a lot of you. (laughs) And I just want to say that I have seen all of your messages. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with me and letting me know, you know, that you've listened to at least the first part of mine and everything is being received and listened to. And I just appreciate, I know it's hard, um, difficult to speak out and to share your story um, I, I do know that, and I, I've known that for a very long time, and I just want to say that I appreciate you, and please keep doing that. Keep reaching out to me if you, you know, if something resonates with you or something touches you or you have a question for me, please keep reaching out because I just, I feel like it's so important and helpful, if anything, it's helpful. So I do want to say also, and I have a caller, and I will get to you in just a second, so please hold on a second. I do also want to say that um, before I get started and before I take this call, I am not, like, look, I'm looking in the camera right now. <laughs> you can't see me, but I am not here um, for sympathy or uh, clickbait or anything like that. I am I am here solely because I thoroughly want to be because I enjoy it and because I I have a lot of things that I can offer you and there are a lot of things that I know you can offer me. So again, I am not here for sympathy. I am not here for attention or anything like that when it comes to my story. I'm telling my story for the exact reason for the first thing that I said is that because it's it's resonating with you guys. And if it helps the one person, if it helps thousand people, if it helps more than that, that'd be awesome. So that's why I am here. So I'm going to go ahead and take this call really quick. Please don't have anything like bad to say. Okay, here we go. Hi, thank you for calling Ashley on there. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Ashley. This is Chad. How are you today? <laughs> oh my God. I knew it was you. Hi, Chad. How are you? 
I'm doing well. I just wanted to say, big fan. And I, I know you might feel unprepared, but you got this. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. This is Chad. This is the genius who created my intro and is capable of so much more. <laughs> of course, like, always making me smile. All right. I will let you get back to your show. I just wanted to give you a little <laughs> bit of a confidence boost because you need it, it sounds like. so. Thank you so I got much. You. Thank you. You got me. Thank you, right. Chad. Okay, right, bye. bye. <laughs> that was Chad. He's really funny. Okay, so um, where do I go? Where do I go? Um, yes, definitely needed that confidence boost. Thank you so much. So yeah, I am. I am here. I am not. I don't. I'm not conversing. But again, sympathy, no sob story. There's none of that going on here. Um. So and then I also want to say that, like I am, I am telling the the biggest point of my story, but there are a lot of details I'm leaving out for, um, for privacy sake, for people involved and for at some point, I'm probably going to write a book about it. And it's better to put everything in a book, but for the sake of what is going on today and where I want to take the show, I will continue to share my story. And I made this show a little bit longer this time because last time I felt rushed at 30 minutes. So if I don't use the full hour, that's fine. But yeah, so, um, let me just pick up pick up where I left off. And yes, I will say a lot of the messages that I got um, about last week's show uh, stated that, you know, as a, as kind of felt the same way that I did. Like as a child, it was a different type of um, feeling and different type of strength. And then as you get older and you want to be a good human or a good parent, then you, it, it takes on a day. I can't answer this whole one. Um, it takes on a different feeling and a different, like, oh, shit, <laughs> pardon my language, kind of like, oh, my God. Like, this is the reality, and it hits you differently. As a mature adult, you do have a different understanding of things, but it, anyway, it changes and it morphs, and things are always there. So anyway, just wanted to hit that subject. So left off last time with, you know, moving in with my grandparents at an early age, I was like seven years old. And um, I was simultaneously being supported in the greatest way possible. And at the same time, just broken because of everything that had happened with my mother. And so that was the adjustment to that was very interesting. Um, my grandmother was, she is the sweetest person in the world. I don't, I mean, she, she raised her voice to me a couple of times because I deserved it later on when I was a teenager. Um, but she's just so sweet and so timid. And again, she was the youngest of five. So, I mean, she was the baby of the family. So she was, you know, she was just so easygoing and do anything in the world you know, for me, for anybody, so sweet. And I remember times when <clears throat> I would, I mean, it, this was every day. So <laughs> I remember times, this was, this was my every day, I want to say for like two years after I moved in with them, I would be in the shower or bath or whatever the case. And I would just break down crying just to the point where there was just no, I mean, you just couldn't console me. The only thing that she could do was come 
peel me up off the, I remember like times being on the toilet, just, you know, not using it, but just crying and doubled over, couldn't breathe type of crying. And um, she would just come scoop me up and we would rock in her chair until I was over it. I really was never over it. It was just, I mean, to the point where I could just finally calm down and ask, you know, why, like, why, you know, and I just, um, I just remember that being the great, the biggest question is why, like, I just did not understand. And I know it was never me. Like, I knew I was, it was never like, you know, oh, you know, what did I do to deserve this? I never had that question in my mind. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. I don't, I don't think it, it's, it's a neutral thing, I guess, but I was never, you know, I was never um, angry, like, toward myself. If anything, I was maybe a little bit annoyed with myself that I was still crying every day after all that time. I couldn't help it. So, you know, I, you know, I started in this new school in the country, which growing up with my mom, she was so against living in the country. You know, everyone there was dumb. The school system was dumb. I was going to end up, you know, not accomplishing anything and not being educated correctly. And that was what, that was her opinion on it. She said I would be dumb as a doorknob. And (laughs) eat that, mom. Not dumb as a doorknob. So anyway, I started this new school in the country. I had it in my mind that these people weren't up to whatever par. I don't even know what that meant. But so I was, you know, I was alone. Oh, my God, I was so alone. And I felt like such an outcast. I started at this new school with five days left of third grade. And then and I guess it kind of helped that my I had a cousin that was in my same grade. And that helped. But I just felt like such an outcast. I really, really did. And so, you know, at this, you know, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm probably still crying. I probably cried at school. Who knows? Um, and then, you know, went through the summer, my first summer, you know, living with my grandparents. It was pretty awesome. Um, and then fourth grade, I uh, had this wonderful teacher, and I had the best time. I, oh, my gosh, I was finally making friends. I had never made friends at my school before um, for one reason is because, I never went. She never really took me after kindergarten, after first grade, especially after first grade, second grade and third grade. I just, I barely ever went. If I did go, it, it was because she, I don't know, needed something to do with me or um, my aunt, her sister would drive all the way from the country, from Choctaw to Oklahoma City to take me to my school in Oklahoma City and then drive all the way back to take her, or to take, you know, to her job. So again, she's a lot of the reason why a lot of my childhood was as okay as it was. But anyway, um, so that summer was pretty great. Again, it was, you know, huge adjustment period. Um, Again, fourth grade. Hello, sorry, got distracted. So fourth grade was really awesome. I was finally making friends. Um, I I didn't really open up to anybody about what was going on. because I just, oh, for one, I was in fourth grade, young. I mean, what, what are these kids going to understand about what I'm going through? Why do they need to know they don't? Um, so, 
you know, they, they, a lot of kids did know that I was, you know, living with my grandparents and stuff like that. And <clears throat> they did have some questions, but it, whatever, it doesn't matter. The biggest point of this part of the story is that I made my very first, like, friend, my first actual friend who became my best friend. And she and I were inseparable, absolutely inseparable. <laughs> and I remember, like, getting her phone number and, like, remembering her phone number and at that time of course there were no cell phones and like there wasn't even pagers back then in fact I think like years down the road together like we got our first pagers in junior high or something together <laughs> and so you know we were you know had my landline and I think at that time I even I, I thought it was cool because I had a cordless phone and I had my own phone line um, that actually my aunt we had a garage sale and um she, God bless her heart, she really did everything to make sure, like, I was getting special stuff amidst everything that was going on. So we had this garage sale, and I sold, like, bikes and all my old bikes and old clothes, and uh, I I just remember it being this huge garage sale, and I got a really big chunk of money, and she was like, okay, here's what we're going to do with this money. We're going to call AT&T. No, it was Bell. We had, like, Bell or something like that. AT&T bill. So that's the same thing. I'm not really sure. And she's like, we're going to call them and we're going to get you your own phone line. I'm like, my own phone line? Like, oh my gosh. That was just crazy because, you know, in my previous years, it, we didn't even have a phone. We didn't even have a phone on. We didn't have cable. We didn't have anything. It was, you know, lucky if <laughs> electricity was on some of the time. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. So I got my own phone line. I got my own phone. It was probably, first it was a recorded phone, of course. And then I eventually saved up to get a cordless phone because I was obsessed. I was obsessed. I don't know why, but I was obsessed with phones. Like every time I went to Target or Walmart or wherever we went, like I'm going to go look at the phones. That was back in the day when like, you know, my I, I just remember, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't know what brought it up, but would you go to the grocery store or Target or wherever we went, like I remember, I don't know, I felt so peaceful but, like, that was at the times, different times, when you could go to the market and, like, your kids could go to the toy section or whatever section by themselves and you knew that they were there and, like, didn't really worry about, well, I'm sure stuff did happen, but I'm saying, like, at this time in Choctaw, Oklahoma, like, I could go off by myself. It's just so different from now because, like, my, like, my kids, when we go to the store, I'm like, just, you have to stay in my eyesight. Do not leave my eyesight. And it's like, it's a thing. Like, they have to stay inches from me. You're not going to look at toys. You're not going off by yourself. It's not going to happen. Stay with me. So, anyways, I would go and I would look at the phones. And I was so, anyways, you know, I was calling my new best friend. And we would sit there sometimes on the phone and just listen to each other watch TV. It was crazy. So, she was really the first and only person at that time in my life who I had shared, you know, what was going on. And, and she knew about my mom and she knew about everything. It was so nice to have that. Again, and I was still simultaneously, like we couldn't, there were, bless her heart, like we couldn't go places sometimes, any little reminder, any little anything. I would just break down crying. <laughs> I spent years like that. We would, we would go to the skating rink on Friday nights or Saturday nights or whatever the cool night was. And there was a song. So dumb. At this point, I'm just like, why? Oh, my gosh. But, uh, 
there was a song that would come on by Coolio called Gangsta's Paradise. You know what I'm talking about. And I would just lose my shit. I would lose it. I would have to go to the bathroom, cry it out, okay, all because of this this guy was talking about, you know, how hard it was <laughs> to live in the slums kind of thing. And I'm like, what? Because, you know, the last place I'd lived with my mom was in a really, really bad part of town. And I had, while living there, some experiences with different gangs. And one of the things, and this song is like a freaking, oh, yeah, I don't even know. Don't ask why I put the two and two together. But back before I moved in with my grandparents, at the, it, this was probably at the height of everything that was so terrible. There was, um, there were, so we lived, I think we lived in like what they called the blue section, the crip section. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm telling you guys some of this stuff. So I was walking to the store and there was a thing at the time, I believe it was called car tag. And they, if, if a blue and a red or a blood and a crip happened to roll up at the same stoplight or same intersection and they were going through, what do they call like initiation period or something like that, then you had to have a shoot off. It was like part of the, the deal. I don't even know. I, I, I do not know. But that happened when I was walking to the store. I had found like 50 cents and I was hungry or thirsty. I don't even know. So I was walking to the store and I almost got there. <clears throat> and this this started happening at the intersection. I was standing. I was like, it was tiny little seven-year-old looking like a string bean with like no meat on my body. And they, <laughs> they couldn't have waited, you know, until whatever. But anyway, so I witnessed them and I, I don't remember it. It's like my brain just like, I don't know if I jumped behind a trash can or the back of, there was like the store was right there. I cannot really remember. All I know is that after it happened, I could not move for like what felt to me for like hours, but it was probably like 30 minutes. I could not move. And finally somebody walked by this old woman and she was, you know, she was an older, like, bigger woman, and I, I was just like, will you please walk me home? And I let her, I walked, I let her walk me, like, half of the way home, and then I told her that that was my, there was, like, a little house or something right there, and I told her that was my house, and I, I knew it wasn't, but I felt safe enough to walk to my own, my actual home. But I, I somehow, that stupid song triggered those stupid memories of that, and I, just I could not I couldn't like it, and it got to the point where it happened so often I was like please, please stop playing this dumb song it's a skating rink please like why do we need to be listening to this song but it got to the point where finally she, my friend my best friend she was like okay and we're young <laughs> you know this time had passed we're sixth grade seventh grade at this point and she's like seriously this has got to there's got to be an end to this somehow some way like how can we get how can you get closure this is it, it you know and again it changed and like transformed and of course you know and, and and I was strong and I was overcoming a lot and and whatever but it just it got to the point where it's like okay this is enough this is enough so there at, it, within that 
time frame from the time I met her to, you know, um, trans- transforming and, and overcoming all the things, um, there was, why do you keep calling me? Do you know I'm doing a radio show? Um, there was, um, you know, a lot of realization. And the, a lot had happened with her, too. You know, she was going, she, when we met, her mom and her dad were happily married. And he had moved, he had just recently t- taken a position in Dallas. And the family was going to move there. Um, and that was, that was something that was like, okay, hold up. Holy shit, no. Like, I cannot lose another person right now. No way. So we were like, we were torn apart about that. We were just in absolute shambles, just crying. And we made a pact and we made a contract and all the things. And anyway, um, her mom had found out that that her dad was having an affair. And that absolutely sent her world. I mean, her world just. So it, like, you know, I had the strength that I had and the experience that I had to be there for her. And at the same time, she was the one that was there for me as well. So yeah, yeah, you guys get how friendship works, but it was huge. It was monumental for me at the moment because I was, you know, at a time I felt so alone, I had never opened up to anybody besides my family about what was going on. And, and then now I had this person and now she's going through absolutely life altering things. It was just, it was, it just worked. And her mom then started doing crazy shit. And I was recognizing it because my mom had been doing crazy shit before. And I'm like, okay. So she stayed with us a lot. And, um, you know, and her mom had her meltdown, you know, her freak out. And it was bad. It was really bad. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, so it takes us through, you know, to sixth grade. So what else is big happened in sixth grade? So sixth grade um, was the first time I had liked a boy, like really liked a boy. And I saw him and I like kind of like fell in love with him instantly. And we were, like, <laughs> it's interesting because I always tell you guys, like Thursday is my favorite day and it always has been and I can remember the moment where I was like you know what I really love Thursdays and it was we had just gone my mother and I was living with her still and we had just gone to the grocery store and she she had bought me a toy or something and she never used to and I was so happy the grocery store is a little cheap little toy and um anyway we're on our way home and we had this big green like the color of my birthstone like peridot green grand prix and i was sitting in the front seat shouldn't have been i was way too little for that and i just oklahoma sunsets are nothing compares to oklahoma sunsets nothing 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 and i was i i at that moment it was like the calm before the storm. This was before and she she had started smoking weed, which who cares, no big deal. But I knew she was, I knew, I kind of, it was like I knew in my heart and in my mind, my soul was telling me, shit's about to get real. Everything's about to change. But in that moment, I was so peaceful and the sunset was so beautiful and it was just going down over the horizon. Oklahoma's flat. There's no mountains, there's no hills. Well, at least not in, in central Oklahoma, down like, southeast there's beautiful mountains and hills but anyway uh I just remember that moment and just being like 
I love Thursdays. This is the greatest day ever. <laughs> it's the day before Friday. It's the last day before the weekend. And from that day, I love Thursdays. So anyway, I do love Thursdays. Still do. All the greatest things happen on Thursday. Don't know why. It's just the way it works for me. So I had met this kid, this boy that I really liked. And my heart was like, oh, my gosh. First time it's ever happened to me. So I'm, you know, freaking out kind of. Sixth grade is very young also, by the way. Hindsight. And now that I have a daughter, she's like, oh, this boy likes me. And I'm like, oh, clenching my job. Um, anyway, so I met him. There was like a – I was a cheerleader. We'll get to that too. But I had I had started cheerleading and I loved it. And I started it when I was like eight. And at this, you know, we're in sixth grade now. So I'm, I don't know, 10, 11. How old are you in sixth grade? 10? No? 11. Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh my God, I was so young. God, to have such real feelings for this guy. Uh, anyway, so I met him on a Sunday after a cheer thing. There was like a homecoming and that's when our games were over on Sundays. And it was like, all the stuff. So we had talked and he just like, he just, hold on. I'm so sorry. My daughter's texting me. Um, he, I don't, he just captivated me. It was so crazy. I'd never known. <laughs> like He was just so like churning, smelled so good. And I still remember the cologne that he wore. It was Ralph Lauren. Yeah, it was Ralph Lauren. And he wore it. He wore it the whole time. And I say the whole time because we were together and I'm doing, you can't see my ear things, but um, we were together um, for years, <laughs> for a long time. So anyway, met him on a Sunday. I was completely just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I gave him my phone number, my own phone line. He thought I was super cool because I had my own phone line at him. And he, and I waited, and I waited for him to call. And I swear to God, it felt like forever, but he called me on a Thursday night. And I was watching, I remember, I was watching something, um, like a TV show. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you're watching your show, he's like, well, I'm like, no. And we ended up talking like, all night long. And then, and I, I remember the time of year. It was fall. And I know, like, we had just started talking, and then he loved Halloween. So his mom, and I love his mom, I still love his mom to this day, to this very day, <laughs> I love his mother. Um, she came and picked, and she was just so, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited that you're joining us for Halloween, and da 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 And so, you know, he got all dressed up, and I don't even know if I dressed up, I can't remember. I think I was too nervous or too embarrassed to dress up. I don't know. But we went around, you know, trick-or-treating in his neighborhood, just he and I. <laughs> Like, all the kids, there were a bunch of kids from our school that were in his neighborhood. So we, you know, we saw some of them and whatever. And then, like, that's kind of like, you know, then my first kiss and all that fun stuff. Like, in the grass. It, it just, I don't know. It, it was a good time for me. Like, it was a great distraction from, you know, everything that was going on. I was finally getting, I'm trying to block that way. I was finally getting into my life and what, that would look like and how it was shaping up to be. And of course, yeah, there were things, you know, other things happening here and there, like the metadata of my life, you know, at home and um, that adjustment still and all of those things. I mean, I had still, you know, I still had to do normal kid things, you know, and I, I again, I started cheerleading, which was 
freaking awesome for me. I was, I was, I needed that. Like I wasn't good at other sports or whatever, but cheerleading was my thing. Like that is, aside from my grandparents and a couple of like main people that, that helped to shape me, cheerleading, I will always say was probably the greatest decision I ever made because, and I know you're probably like, okay, that sounds silly, but no, I was so athletic and it was so, it, it taught me so much obedience and discipline and sportsmanship and like, you know, being part of a team and, and things like that. And I had, you know, I knew, you know, loyalty um, as, from a family standpoint. And um, I, I did have a lot of support, um, so to speak, but nothing, nothing like whipped me into shape, like being a cheerleader did. And I loved it. And I was, I started again in like fourth grade and I was a cheerleader all through middle school, all through junior high, all through high school, or I guess I should say, it was intermediate. So intermediate, junior high, high school, I cheered. And there was one point from seventh grade to I think about 10th grade, because 10th grade was when high school started whenever I was, um, whenever I was still going to school. Ninth grade wasn't high school yet. So when I did start high school, things got a little bit crazier because it, our high school squad was super competitive on its own. And so, but up until that point, there were times where I was on um, two or three squads at a time. So I was on my school squad always. That was like number one. And then I did one or two like competitive squads. So I was always, 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 always cheerleading. And now like looking back on it, my grandmother is even more of a hero and a savior because she would wake up sometimes had to wake me up at like four or five o'clock in the morning. Cause we'd have practice before school during competition time. And then we'd have practice for hours after school, you know, and of course this was like, she would take me before I could drive. But when I could drive, it was like, Oh, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. <laughs> she, can, she can drive herself. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, the, the cost and the money and just, constantly driving me across town or, you know, whatever. There's so much that went into it on her end. I mean, we we had to go to Florida for competitions and we had to go to Texas for competitions and we were just everywhere, but we were good and we won and like pretty freaking awesome. Um, so yeah. So, you know, first best friend, first love. I really did love him. And I still, I think like you, you, you carry a piece of your first love with you, obviously, because, I mean, you know, it's like your first time. And like, I don't know. He was, he was pretty great. And, you know, he's still in Oklahoma. He's got a really great little family and super happy for him. And, um, you know, so anyway, we were like, you know, dated, whatever. And um, remained best friends with, with my best friends. And everything stayed pretty much the same until about high school. And then high school, everything changes in high school. Everything. So the summer before, okay, I was thir- I think I was 13. Yeah, I was 13. Yep. I must be delivering something. I was at cheer camp, and we were trying a new stunt, and I was the flyer. I was the person who threw around and did all the things at the top of the, you know, in the stunt group. 
and we were trying a new basket toss, and um, I came down, and if you watch the video of this when it's posted, you can see, but I came down like in a V. Like here's my, my head um, is at one point of V, and my, my feet are at the other point of the V, and at the bottom of the V is my butt, and my back is like that. So I came down, and I hit the ground just like that in a V. And when I hit the ground, I was like, oh, my back. And it hurt, but it wasn't manageable. Um, and I kept cheering. And after camp, we had gone to the doctor, and they did x-ray. And she's like, oh, you just have a pinched nerve. So I did physical therapy. And I just kept cheering. And then in, oh, my gosh, let's see. Okay, I'm trying to get my timeline right. So ninth grade, the summer, oh, shit. So I think it was like the summer before high school. No, it was ninth grade. Whatever. So I had cheered on it for a year. All the same things, tumbling, stunting, kept on cheering. And we went to competition. And at the time, I was like the cheer captain. And I was like, (laughs) I made the routine for us and all of that. And it was so good. And it was so fun. And I can't remember what we placed. I think we placed second or something. But it was at this place called Frontier City where the competition was. And um, afterwards, we all wanted to, of course, and this is an amusement park, so we wanted to ride the rides and enjoy the park and, and do all that. So we get on this one, and I can't remember the name of the ride, but it was very, it was like a wood ride, and it was very, very rickety. And um, we had, we had gone on the ride, and um, after the ride was done, I, I could not move. I could not feel my legs. I could not feel like my feet. And I just sat there and I was like, um, so can't move. This is not good. Um, and then I went home and my girl, I told my grandma, I said, I'm back. It, like this is, this tension nerve has gone on too long. Will you take a look? And she raised my shirt up and I guess, I mean, cause she gasped and grabbed her purse and that's like what I remember. She was like, Oh my God. So apparently my back was humongous and like black and blue and um, just swollen. And I think I remember at the time I was like kind of feverish and body ache and it was just whatever. So I went to the emergency room. <laughs> she was like freaking out. She was like, Oh my God, Ashley, Ashley. Oh my God. Just like sit still. Don't move. And we go to the emergency room, and they take an x-ray, and they feel around to see if there's, like, fluid around the spine. And they had, you know, they just did all the normal routine things. And they come back, and they're like, yeah, your L5 has a hole in it. Not a hole, but it had a crack in it, like, the size of, like, a quarter. And you have had this for a – this is not new. Like, this is, has been there. And like we don't know how in the world like you haven't had worse symptoms or what in the is a it is just it blew their mind so to speak. So I uh, had a broken back <laughs> and I I tried everything to uh, rehab it um, and it just it was bad it was a bad deal so I went into high school you know tried out for the cheer squad made it. And then these people, these girls that I had been sharing with this whole time, you know, I had to be like, well, I broke my back, so I have to sit this year out. And 
I remember there was a lot of like chit chat behind my back from a lot of these girls. Yes, she's just making it up. It's not true. I don't know how. Like, girls really don't like me very much. I mean, I had a couple of close girlfriends, but as a whole, girls didn't really like me very much. And you know what? Going back to like junior high and stuff, my chair coach was also one of my teachers, and I didn't really like belong to any clique. There was, like, you know, the popular kids, and then there was, like, the whatever. And then, you know, there was cliques. There was the hacky sack people, the goth people. There were, you know, people who hung out in certain groups. But I didn't do that. Like, I bounced around. I talked to everyone. Everyone, no matter what, to the point that, you know, then that that made the girls not like me so much, too. So, again, I guess she's talking to Sherwin soon. It's like, get over it. But anyway, not important. But it was to the point where I had a teacher, my teacher, who was also my coach, she was like, yeah, you know, you can't really be hanging around with them because it makes us all look bad. And I was like, what? <laughs> you cannot tell me who I can and can't hang out with. Like, I'm not going to pick and choose based on who you think is going to make you look bad. Like, it wasn't, and I, it's not like I wasn't doing anything bad. I was not making bad choices. I was not into anything. I wasn't into drugs, partying. I was good. Like, I was a good kid for a while. <laughs> not going to change, but anyway, I was a good kid at that time. I was like, what? You're an idiot. Like, I'm not going to listen to you. I can hang out with whoever I want to. I can be nice to anybody I want to. So take that. So anyway, in high school, um, you know, that, that it kind of put me back. I had to put me back. <laughs> Get a little back. Um, I had to sit out for that year, and that sucked. Oh, man, that was really hard on me. Um and I would say at that that point, when I had that time to sit out, is when I started making some choices that were, some of them are like typical teenager stuff, and some of them are like, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> when I look back now, oh my God, I would die if my daughter did some of the things that I did. And it's like, I, I know I'm going to get some like karma from that. But yeah, so anyway, okay, so cheerleader stuff happened. Uh, my mother, who I had not really spoken with very often, um, you know, was going through the phase of like, okay, I just hope that she's not like laying in the street dead somewhere, you know, like, I, I just, I hope that for her. Um, she, I think I did speak with her when one time she went to jail or prison or something and she sobered up for a little bit and called me and I caught her up on everything and um, I don't know, like, I had to catch her up, like, when my great-grandparents passed away and, like, just things like that. But anyway, before that had had happened, I hadn't talked to her at all, like, at all. Not a Christmas card, not a birthday card, not a, not a F-U, nothing. And um, she had shown up at the house, at my grandparents' house with a baby, and she had a baby. She had a little baby boy, and he was really cute. He was really cute, but she just bragged on how beautiful he was, and, you know, he was he was mixed. He was a mixed baby, and he was really freaking cute, but she was just like, he's beautiful. I've always wanted a mixed baby, and all these things, and I'm just like, what am I? <laughs> you had me. 
what about me? You know, kind of thing. So um, at that point, I knew that my mom had had another child, um, and he did live with her for a little while. And um, and um, I I didn't know much. My my grandparents really tried to keep me very protected from that. And I think at that point also. I reached a certain, when I did reach, I think 13, I went to court and essentially divorced my parents um, and went in front of the judge and I told them that I wanted, you know, my grandparents to have guardianship of me, that my parents, you know, abandoned me and gave that up a long time ago. And they granted it to them because you know, just in case my mom ever tried to get crazy and be like, oh, my daughter, I want her back. I didn't want any of that to happen. So... Um, so that was when I was about 10 or 11, you know, and, and at that time, like, thank goodness I had the distraction of, you know, meeting this guy, this boy and having my first like love at first sight, you know, first love relationship and my grandparents, of course, and cheerleading, of course, all those things going on. I had that going for me. And I do remember my mom saying, um, telling my grandparents and my, and her sister and my aunt that she didn't want me to be a cheerleader because then I would be, I would think that I was better than everybody else. And there should never be a time in my life where I would, I should think that I'm better than anybody else. And I mean, and there were times when my mom would say some shit and, and her and my aunt, like uh, she, well, she kicked her ass <laughs> several times for some of the dumb shit she would say to me and about me and all that. And so there was, I saw it like, I saw it firsthand. This is just, it was ridiculous. And so anyway, I do remember that. And that gave me so much motivation to go out and like <laughs> be the best cheerleader ever. And so I did that. Like I was, you know, I was pretty good. Like I was good at it. And um, taking that year off, you know, really sucked again. I said that already, but it did suck. And I did, I, I think in that moment when I didn't have that distraction, it gave me a lot of time to like think. And then, and so my mom had the, the little boy. And then around that same time that I had that injury uh, and I was, I, I, I did go to summer camp and all that stuff, but we got a call from the hospital um, saying that there was a little baby girl that was born and she was born, she was having withdrawals and that my mom had her and she left and she left us as the people to contact so we, I don't think we went and got her, but my my grandpa's sister, uh, I think, went and picked her up, and we all kind of took turns. My aunt and my grandpa's sister and myself, we all kind of took turns um, watching her, and it was a whole big thing. It was a whole big thing, and I remember wanting to make things right with her like I always wanted a baby and I always wanted you know that but I, I was too young and legally there's nothing that I could have done and um we decided somebody decided I don't know if it was me but somebody decided that it would be better for her to be adopted and I think that was great because she did get adopted into a pretty good family and a family that hated my mom just <laughs> think it's hilarious because they're very, they were wealthy, and she was, she was pretty, she was privileged. I mean, she grew up, she grew up with a great life. I will say that. Um, and so now I knew that my mom had two babies. After she couldn't take care of me, at all, and this other one, she didn't even attempt 
to take care of. There was not even an attempt. It was just like, have her in the hospital and bounce. Like, well, first of all, the baby was born addicted, so I think my mom knew she was, like, headed for some jail time, and I think she did do jail time for it. I don't really know. I don't really care. At that point, I was so mad at her. I was so mad at her at that point. Um, so anyway, so here's high school. Uh, you know, got my first car. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was able to get back to cheer that next, the following year and everything. And then my, I think it was my junior year or senior year in high school. I think it was my junior year. I hadn't had my car for very long. It was a red Pontiac Grand Am, two-door. <laughs> At that time, like, the system and the speakers and everything was, like, a big deal. And so I had two kicker 15s, two amplifiers, and, like, tw- what do you call those? Tweet- tweaker? Tweeters? Tweakers? Tweet? I don't remember. A little bit of speakers. I had those. And my car hit hard. Like, it hit hard. And I didn't, I listened to hip hop, but I was like, you know, I was a rock girl. So I come through school, you know, with like corn or System of a Down or Tool or Metallica playing in my car. And everybody knew, like, okay, here comes Ashley. So everyone knew I had this system in my car. I wasn't the only one, but I think I was the one with like the best one. Um, at this time, my dad, okay, hold on. I skipped a big part. I skipped a big part. So when I was like around the same time my mom had my had the little boy, my dad and I, my dad was in my life. My grandparents let him come around and um, he would help me out with stuff. He bought me school clothes one year, which I thought was super cool. And um, he had this girlfriend. My dad was in it. Remember, my dad was in and out of jail from the time, like before I was even born. And he was an alcoholic and a drunk and he had met this girl and he was a convict and he had met this girl. I said that a million times and they got into a fight and the cops were called for domestic violence and they found weapons and drugs and he was drunk and whatever. He didn't ever lay his hands on her, but the neighbors were concerned. Um, So they called it. So for that, he was sentenced to 18 years in prison and he when he went to prison, he was straight and we were communicating and we were, and he helped me out. Like he worked very hard. He worked like 50 hours a week because I had a prisoner like work program for money. And he would send me his entire check. He would work 50 hours a week and his check would be like 25 bucks. And he would send me his check, but it helped. Like it helped me with lunch money, gas money, um, you know, all the things. Well, actually, you know what? Because when I was, so he was, so he was sentenced to 10 years and then after I think five years for good behavior, he would go up for parole. So he would go before the board and um, they would never, they would never grant it to him, but he would at least try to go for parole. So, you know, at this point he had kind of gained some of my trust back and he, my dad, again, he's a good guy. I mean, my dad is a great guy when he's on, when he's not on, he doesn't make good choices, and it just that's the way it goes. Um, so one year, and this was the year I had turned 16, so this is taking you back before the car, you know, before the system, this big speakers, that, you know, my big booming, like, audio system. Um, there was one year that he went up for parole, and I was sick of it. I was so tired of it because he deserved to be out. He did not deserve to be doing that timing. Like, there were actual criminals 
he was in minimum security prison. So the people he was in, incarcerated with, you know, they did bigger crimes than him, but still not, you know, he was not, he didn't need to be doing the, the time he was doing for, you know, the, the things that they convicted him for. So I was like, you know what, this is enough. Like, when's your parole hearing? So my grandmother in her white Lincoln Town car, I loved that car, drove me all the way down to the Lexington State Penitentiary. Was it called Lexington? I think it was called Lexington State. Anyways, in her big white car, and we, we did our normal thing. She and I were always listening to music, singing, like Bobby Brown and like Randy Travis. And we were singing and doing our thing. And we got there, and um, I, I spoke out to the parole board. There were about 10 of them. And I told him, look, like, he, he's been in here for X amount of years. He's done his time. He has graduated. He, like, did his GED. He works 50 hours a week. You know, he works in the kitchen. He does this. He does that. He minds his own business. He has not been in trouble one time, not once. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm about to be, you know, 16 years old. I'm in high school. I would like for my dad to, to be out of prison. I don't know what that looks like on the other side, but I would like for my parent to not be in prison. Like, that would be great. And I think he's earned it. So that was in, that was in January. And on Valentine's Day that year, he called me from prison and he said, I need you to come pick me up. They just released me. I was like, what? <laughs> Seriously? So my grandma was at work. She worked she works for the airline. She worked in the call center at the airport. And um so I'm like, I don't okay, shit, like who's who's gonna come pick you up? So my grandpa, who is my mom's pretty big component of my story, and we'll talk a little bit about him some other time. But he he taught me everything. Pretty much everything I know, this man. I, he is so resourceful and I, I just Anyway, we'll get we'll get to him. He deserves a little segment of his own. Um, I was like, hey, so my dad just called me and he's out of prison. And so can we go pick him up? Because I, I didn't have a car at that time. I couldn't drive. He's like, okay, let's go. You know, so we go and we pick my dad up. And my dad actually lived. He stayed with us. He lived with us at my grandparents' house from that point on. Um, and so, yeah, I got my car. And, you know, my dad was, he helped me put the system in it. He had some friends who, like, that was their thing. And they they bought and sold and traded equipment and whatever. So they hooked me up. Like, it was, like, this family of, like, men. Like, I don't, they did a car detailing service together. My dad went back in business with them. And, um, yeah, so anyway, had my system, whatever. And then I, my dad had more of, um, my grandparents were like, okay, you know what? You live here now. <laughs> If you want to attempt to, you know, discipline Ashley or, or whatever, please have at it. Because at that point I had, you know, I was a little, um, I was just, I wasn't rebellious. I just, you couldn't tell me anything. Like, you couldn't tell me not to do something or what to do or it just, I just did what Ashley wanted to do. And that is not the right thing. And I'm not condoning that type of behavior. Do not do whatever you want to do. It's not how life works especially when you're a teenager, there are so many circumstances that I should have been in trouble or worse, and this is one of them. So I lied to my dad 
And I told him that I was, well, I didn't really lie. I told him I'm going to a friend's house. And the friend's name happened to sound exactly like a girl's name, but it was a boy. And he was having a party. And I was like, I'm going to stay the night at my friend's house. But it sounded like a girl name. So he was like, okay, that's cool. What are you guys going to do? I'm like, oh, you know, girl stuff and whatever. And it was a big party. And there was a lot of, a lot of people there. One of my neighbors who I kind of grew up with, he was there and some other people. And that next day we had to be at a golf tournament that the cheerleader girls were sponsoring. It was like a fundraiser and I get ready there and all that stuff. And that was like back in the day, you know, like when you're young and you could drink and then like the next day still feel like yourself. God, those days are far gone. Um, but um, I, I got up to, to go, got ready. And I went to find my keys and I could not find my keys. And I went outside, and my car was gone. I was like, okay, who do I call first? Shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, okay, what do I do? And so I'm like, did someone borrow my car? Does anybody know where my car is? And then someone's like, oh, I think I heard someone, like, took off and whatever. So I'm like, crap. So I called my dad first. And then I called my coach, and I'm like, look, I'm going to be late because of my car is gone. And um, so I called my dad and I, I was in so much trouble. Oh my gosh. And um, we reported it. So we, we called the police, reported the car. I went to the golf tournament and then I went to work. And at the time I was working with, with my best friend, not the same best friend we kind of we we fell out a few years before but my new best friend who is still my best friend um we were working at a place called Mackie McNears and my grandma came in and she we she was like we need to talk I was like okie dokie this is not good like I I at the cheer tournament I broke down like crying. <laughs> I knew like this is one of those moments that is gonna this is gonna have a ripple effect and like, it was just one of those really profound, like, moments. She's like, we need to talk. I'm like, okay. She's like, you need to tell me everything you know about what happened to your car. I was like, um, uh. I went to a party. I got drunk. I went to bed. I woke up. My car was gone. She was like, are you sure? She's like, because this is about to get really bad. I'm like, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> what, what else is there to tell? And she goes, well, they found your car. And it was in the lake at Lake Draper. And it was sticking halfway out. It was wrecked, very wrecked and mangled. It's totaled. They took it to your papa's shop. I call them mama and papa, who's my grandparents. They took it to your papa's shop. And this was after they investigated the car. I thought, well, what investigated it for what? <laughs> they stole my car. What am, what am I being investigated for? They're like, well, they found blood all in the trunk of the car. And I was like, oh, shit. So anyway, I'm making this a little bit more dramatic than what it was because at the moment it felt so scary. And to this day, it feels scary. Like it's one of those choices that like if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, it could affect you for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I was, it was like, oh, shit. So the person who stole it um, cut their hand trying to get my system out. And that was the blood that was on the trunk. But they had gone to the police. Somebody had gone to the police station and said that there was a fight at the party. 
and whoever was fighting ended up taking off in the car, and they're not sure if, you know, someone was in the car, in the trunk, what was happening, but they did say that I was not involved. Like, I had nothing, I was not around, I was probably asleep at the time, I don't know, but anyway, ended up, you know, they did, they were like, well, you know, the blood was from this guy, they're like, you know, they brought some the me into the station and the detective was just like sitting there telling me like this particular lake that they find things in people people, they're known to find bodies and it comes up a lot um you know they they take things they dump things it's like a notorious thing and you know just teaching me the lesson that you know there was blood in my car and that goes on the record and if you know something comes up it just it was all this stuff and they tried to convict the person that that did it, but there wasn't enough evidence. And just like around that whole thing, there was just like weird stuff that was happening. Like someone come and cut the cable line to our house. They cut our cable off thinking that it was our security system. And it wasn't. And then we thought it was, it was just, it was very scary. It was one of those very like real moments that I had in high school. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And so my punishment for that, and then I'm going to start wrapping up. My punishment for that was, my dad bought me a, um, he bought me a, uh, what is it? Oh my God, I forgot the name of it. But he bought me a car for a dollar. And this car was like big and red, old. It was like a 1970 car. It was so ugly that it was awesome. And I ended up loving that car. So my best friend and I took it and it had shag carpet, beautiful original shag carpet, but all of the lining of the top of the car was coming off. So we took that down with leopard, uh, not leopard, zebra print fabric up on the, like on the lining of the roof. And we had a disco ball hanging down and we had beads hanging off of it and the radio didn't work. So we had a, um, a CD player, like a boom box CD player in the middle of us because we, at that time, like we, we were together a lot and I got to start wrapping up, but we ended up loving this car and we named it pimp juice because it just looked like this big, like pimps car, not even kidding. Um, and we completely pimped it out and it was awesome. It was so awesome. We love that car. And because that my car was my punishment and whatever, my dad ended up selling that car and getting me like a little shitty little like geo Metro or something with a yellow. But so that takes us up to pretty much high school. Uh, and then, graduated and I'm not going to have time to get to your questions, but that's okay. Most of your questions from Instagram are um, stuff for the last show anyway. So when we pick up next week, we'll talk about what happened after high school, my dancing in the club days. Yep. You're guessing that type of dancing. You are correct. Um, And the choices after that and what led me to where I am today. So thank you for listening. I will keep your questions. If you have any other questions, you can always email me, Ashley at SoCalNaturalHealth.com or you can send them to me on Instagram. But I really, really um, enjoy being able to tell you guys my story, even though parts of it is very uncomfortable. And if you have anything you can relate or share or have any questions, just reach out to me, and I will talk to you guys next week. Have a good day. Thank you for listening.